This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. When you're protecting people's largest assets, if you are sell, 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 and policy accumulation driven, then I'm questioning your ability to truly protect their assets. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, the final four is here. Yes, it is. And your Jayhawks made it. Jayhawks made it. But as we both predicted. We did. We did. So <laughs> I never filled my bracket out. I just failed to fill the bracket out. But I did. I was going to have the Jayhawks winning it. I completely messed up. I originally had Duke and Kansas in the final game. And then seeing how emotionally Duke played in their last home game against USC and how emotionally they played in the tournament, I went back at the last minute and switched Duke and Kentucky. No. And then Kentucky lost in the first round, and it just busted everything. And I I was like, oh, I mean, like, I did it the day of, went in and switched Duke out for Kentucky. So we wear Carolina blue at our house, and it just, ah, you know, I just couldn't do it, and I messed up. So who's it going to be down to the last two? I'm going with Kansas and Duke. I think Duke beats UNC. There's too much emotion for Coach K. And I think they've played well, and they're they're hot. They're definitely on a run. KU has played extremely well, and they proved me wrong the other night against Miami. Their big men, which I thought was their their challenge this year, their big men stepped up. I mean, they outscored. At one point, I think I heard something like thirty-two to zero, uh, having outscored Miami in the in the front court. If you're getting that type of productivity out of your big guys, man, that's impressive, especially if that's your weaker element. So having Coach K apologize at his last home game, I think that that did something to his players. When at his last home game, UNC came in and beat them. And his players hearing him apologize to the crowd, I think that did something to his players. That was leadership. I I don't know if it was his intent or if that's just who he is and how it just came out. Obviously, he was upset. He was very frustrated in that moment for how they just played. And so whoever decided, hey, we're going to have this tribute after the game, did not think in their wildest dreams that we're going to lose this game, right? Everyone that planned this event at Cameron Indoor Stadium, whoever was on that planning committee decided, oh, there's no way we're going to lose this last game, and so we'll do this thing after the game, and oh, no, we lost. And so, you know, the thing about Mike Krzyzewski is his competitiveness and his determination He can't just turn that off. There's no way he can turn off his passion and change into the moment and go down this path of whatever it was that happened. It was a scolding in the most polite way through an apology. Right. You know, I mean, that gets your attention if you're if you're one of his players. So I think you're right. It's going to be a great game. Can't wait to see that one. I think Villanova is going down. I'm with you. I think KU will win that one. And I I would like to stay married. So UNC is going to take it. Yeah, you have to pick UNC. I am worried about Villanova for KU, but I still think Kansas has the talent to, to win it. But I wouldn't want to be matched up with Villanova right now. Talking about passion and talking about taking your passion and, and changing things because of it, I kind of think that's what you did somewhat around 2002-ish. 
Ish, yeah. Really, you know, 2002 was one of those breakthrough periods for us. And we had been fumbling, to use a football term, we had been fumbling along for four years and really trying to figure out this market access thing. And we tried some different things. We'd gone through some different carriers because nobody wanted to do this back in 1998, 99. Nobody wanted to do market access. This would even go back before pre-group. This is this predates the true group scenario. It's the original market access model that we ran for 10 years that we attempted that that had some holes in it in hindsight. We were in the early stages, three and a half years of the market access program that predates our group. Having gone through several carriers and explanations and and how we were going to do this and and what was going to work and what wasn't going to work, you know, we landed with a major carrier, Safeco. Those guys said yes. They originally had said no. In 98 or 99, when we started, they said no. And they had some changes within regional leadership and came along 2002 and in the spring, I think it was in 2002, they said they said yes. And they actually surprised us because they came back to us and, and said yes. And I didn't know it at the time, but we were the first aggregation market access model that Safeco had agreed to in the country. We started down this path with them and we, we shot out like a cannon and took off. And, you know, we take off, we're rolling with Safeco. I think there was a lot of passion that went into that that discussion. You know, you go back and, and the attempts and we talk about, you know, how many times do you try something before you stop and go a different direction? And, you know, we never really stopped asking Safeco or showing Safeco how we were going to be successful and what what was going to work and what what our vision was. It is one of those moments, you know, really over the course of a few months where trust was built. I mean, this was at a time, this is 20 years ago, this was at a time where you just didn't do this. There was a lot of questions around quality of business and frontline underwriting, and those are still important things, but the technology was not anywhere close to where it is today. Carriers could not segment and disseminate information and data the way they can today. And so they were really putting a lot of trust in our organization to choose the right agents to work with and not run into a situation where we were going to burn them. That took a lot of energy from from us. It took a lot of attempts. It took a lot of back and forth and relationship building. I, I think back on that, I still have relationships today that begin between that 1998-2002 time period that are significant carrier industry relationships. So how would someone apply what you took to make that happen? You know, how do we apply that to starting a business or, or taking those no's and turning them into yeses? You know, when we started, when we really had these internal discussions, when I thought about, okay, how am I going to approach these people? We had this idea. You know, I had to overcome a lot of fear of no. I had to overcome a lot of the rejection, almost what have you got to lose kind of mindset. I think that when you're, and I'll I'll use the example of the producer, when you want to own your own agency, I think the one thing that holds back a lot of producers, they love the idea of owning their own agency, but something gets in their way. I don't feel like it's capital any longer because capital is readily available to the majority of Americans today. 
especially 2022. I understand we have inflationary concerns and things like that. But over the last couple of years, the amount of money that's in the system that's causing that inflation, the amount of extra cash and investments, idle cash, it's just been this great time to start an agency. So once you realize that the capital concern isn't there, because that used to be the problem, you know, a long time ago, that was the problem. Once you get past that and you're like, okay, well, why, why haven't you done this? Well, maybe you're comfortable. I think that it, you get down to the real reason. Obviously, it's the fear of failure. And it always sticks out to me that it has to be that because that rejection is hard. And, and once you get comfortable on the sales side and you get really good at it, you've overcome it, right? Unless you're just a natural. And most people, some people are, but a lot of people, that's a learned skill. Getting to the point to where you make that leap to say, well, I, I'm going to go out here and put it all on my shoulders. I'm going to go out here and make it make it mine. I'm going to take that leap of faith and do that. That fear of failure, that fear of not being successful just just gets in our way. That was the moment back then, back 98, 99, 2000, where I got told no a lot. Nobody wanted to do this. There was a reason why there, was, there were not groups at the time. Uh, what we have today didn't exist. And so something that I think our listeners should know is that you are not naturally the put yourself out there, really loud that's not who you are, and that's not who your family is or, or our organization. You know, I, I was told at an early age when I thought I was hot stuff, my mother was really good at keeping us in check. Bragging was not allowed. I don't care what you did. When I was 12, I had a three-for-three three home run game in some all-star tournament. And the first at-bat of the second game, I hit another home run. So I hit four straight home runs and four straight at-bats. And I come home thinking I'm all that. And I left that conversation realizing that I need to keep my mouth shut and that I need <laughs> to keep working. And so there's an instilled, private, conservative, do not brag on yourself mindset that I was raised with. That is definitely something that makes our organization, makes me who who we are today for the better. Um, but it's really hard in, in the world of be loud and the world of tooting your own horn and talking about yourself that makes it really hard to do something innovative, to do something new and do something different. The ones that are loud tend to get the most attention. I mean, celebrities. We just, you know, if we want to go and have this Oscar segue, you know, we just finished up with the Oscars and we can talk about the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident and whether it was real are not real but the world today is be loud and create a scene and be heard and be the talk and there's no such thing as bad publicity that's not how I was raised but I somewhat wonder if it is the humility and it is the concept of we don't have all of the answers that made them say yes I think it's possible. Maybe. I would like to think it's that. I still think that we struggle to be out there in the marketplace, to put ourselves out there. I mean, this podcast is so outside of our comfort zone and so outside of who we are. I mean, would it take a year or something like that to say, for it to come full circle and say, yeah, let's do this thing. Or two. I mean, or two. Maybe it was two years. <laughs> See, I just dismiss years. That's how I deal with it. <laughs> but I also think it's our strength. 
because there's some authenticity there. And there's one thing about that that comes from the way we were, I was raised, the way my siblings were raised, the way my dad started this company was we're going to earn it, right? It's one of our core values. We're going to earn earn your way is one of our core values. And so we're going to earn everything we do. And a lot of society has moved to, well, earn it if you can. If not, you know, find a different way to have somebody give it to you. And that just doesn't fit our culture. It doesn't fit who we are. And I think that's why I don't think you'll ever see us go public. I don't think you'll ever see us take on VC money. I just don't think you'll see us do some things in the marketplace that maybe some of our peers would do. If we get to 5,000 partners strong, it'll be authentic. It'll be culturally great fits. It'll be long-term, they're here, right? That would be an unbelievable, gigantic player in the independent agency district distribution system because you don't have the churn if you build it the right way. Now, it may take past my lifetime to get to that point, right? But that's okay, too. So I love that you always talk about passion. People have to have passion for their agencies to be successful. But I think today, adding that concept of passion and humility, to me, that's how you create those long-term clients. And having that heart for being a servant leader, I think is just absolutely imperative to creating long-term successful business like ours or creating a long-term successful retail operation like an agency? When we're protecting people's assets, the core function of the insurance system is risk transfer. When you're protecting people's largest assets, if you are sell, 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 and policy accumulation driven, then I'm questioning your ability to truly protect their assets. I think you have to have some passion around this business. I I mean, I think you have to have passion in everything you do. In retirement, if that's ever really a thing, I'm going to be the most stressed out golfer or fisherman on the face of the planet because I'm going to be passionate about it. I'm going to do it with passion. I guess I don't know how to do anything that doesn't have a little bit of passion attached to it. I think that goes with this business so well. If you're protecting people's assets and you are responsible for their coverage and making sure that you've identified the right exposures, man, I hope if I'm just turning this around and making it personal, if I'm the consumer, I hope the agent I'm talking in front of has that type of passion to care that much. And they're not just trying to sell me something. Two minute warning. What's our takeaway from today? I don't even know what we've talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that's the best thing that we've said so far. (laughs) I don't even know how we got here. We talked about the final four. We talked. We even talked about the Oscars. We talked talked about about the Oscars. We talked about be humble, be passionate. Go Jayhawks. I'm back on authenticity. I'm back on passion. I, I think the world is hungry for that in independent agency owners. I think the system needs you. Society needs authenticity. I really believe that our businesses are are so important to the economy. I think if we're if we're passionate about it, that, that we will be successful with it. And so last but not least, uh, Jayhawks are taking the national title. I'm with you on that one. So I'm going to leave us today with a quote from John Wooten. Talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. And conceit is self-given. Be careful. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. 
Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com.